Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. Give it a like if you would. That would help me to move it up so more people will see it. You can also catch me live Sunday evening, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. As we're approaching the 9-11 anniversary, hard to believe it's 20 years, there are a lot of events going on that you need to know about. And this week I'll also be posting some interviews with people who were actually there at Ground Zero on 9-11. Dr. Mitch Glazer joins me. He's the president of Chosen People Ministry. His office was literally blocks from when everything went down on 9-11, and they're having a commemorative conference this year to talk about it, and I wanted to get with him and discuss what he went through then and what's happening now. There's outreach happening all over the world as a result of what happened on 9-11, and uh, it's an ongoing process, that's for sure. Dr. Mitch Glazer, welcome to the Heidi Hare Show. Thank you, Heidi. A joy to be with you. Here we are coming up on 20 years since 9-11, but you were caught right in the middle of it, literally blocks away, you and your staff. Talk to me, sir, about that morning, what it was like to actually be there and feel what was happening. Sure. Chosen People Ministries office, international headquarters, is on East 51st Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenue, which is probably about six or seven blocks at the most from the U.S. And... So we're, we're in quite an interesting neighborhood that's, you know, global, multicultural, and so on. And we're in 20 countries, so it's just, it feels at home. We like, we like all of that. And we have uh, actually, that morning of 9-11, we were getting ready for our staff devotions. And I was sitting in my office upstairs, and our wonderful Messianic Jewish receptionist began screaming, a plane, a plane has hit the World Trade Center. Wow. And, you know, we're kind of, you know, we, we've all seen King Kong, and we've actually heard of planes hitting the Empire State Building, and you kind of don't know what to think at first, And but she seemed very disturbed, and uh, immediately the television shots were showing the smoke billowing out of the uh, tower, and... I ran down, we had a little room, reception room with the TV, and we stared at the TV, and what was interesting is we just didn't know what to think, but gradually our staff started coming down. We have about 25, 30 people working at our international headquarters, and, and we're all standing around watching this destruction when the second plane hit the other tower. Well, that's right, Doctor. I, I want to stop you there, for Doctor, because I think a lot of people felt the same way. They, they saw the first plane, even if they weren't anywhere near New York City. They saw the first plane go in, or they saw the video afterwards, obviously. And everybody went, oh, well, could it have been, you know, a mistake? I mean, right. we can't imagine. And then when the second one went in, everybody went, oh, boy. But we had no idea where to place it, because one of the unique things, and one of the reasons we're having this conference is because 9-11 changed the way Americans and evangelical Christians view the terrorism that Israel's been experiencing for decades. Yeah, that's important. I want to talk, let's talk about you. Just stop and talk about that first, because I want to mention your conference. You've got one coming up Friday and Saturday, September 10th and 11th, and it's going to be Trinity Baptist Church in New York City. People can watch it for free online, but if they want to go in person, you're going to have folks like Ann Graham Lotz and some other amazing people, Joel Rosenberg, who I've had the privilege of interviewing multiple times. Please tell him I said hello. Yeah. In fact, I think I'm going to be uh, talking to him in the next week or two, because he's got another 
another great book coming out. You know he is. Enemies, enemies and aliens. I've got my copy. Okay, well, you know, now you're ahead of me because I don't have it yet, and I love this guy. He's just okay. great. But you're going to have some great speakers at this event, and I'll tell people how to get to it uh, toward the end of our, our chat. But talk a little bit about how – let's go back to that morning, and then we'll talk about how things have changed, how people have viewed different religions since then. So that morning, you're all standing around the television set, like we were on the West Coast, looking going, what the heck is going on? And, you know, what went through your mind? We, could, we couldn't have imagined that it was terrorism because we, we didn't really know what terrorists did because they've never, never really been in our country. And, uh, but then slowly but surely, we started hearing the reports, started seeing what happened. And uh, then, of course, we watched the buildings eventually uh, crash to the ground. And we stood there holding hands, weeping, praying, we all started thinking about all the people we know who worked in the Twin Towers. And, um, I mean, people always ask, how many people do you know who died? I, lots. I mean, we, of course we did, you know. And, and, but we, we also had a lot of moms uh, with kids in school, of course some dads too. And, and I couldn't keep, I tried to keep the staff safe, which is, I think, my first job as leader. And I tried to keep them safe. We were afraid that there was going to be more activities, bombs gone. Who God only knows what was going to happen. Right, we had we no idea. Our, right. We thought we were under siege, and and some of these dedicated moms said, "Forget it. I'm going. I'm going to go get go. I'm walking to my kid's school in Brooklyn and Queens, mm -hmm. and I'm going to go going to go get my kids." Which meant there was no public transportation at that moment. They walk miles and miles over the Brooklyn Bridge, over the various 59th Street Bridge to get to Queens and other places. And since we didn't really know what was going on, we actually had a nurse and a anesthesiologist as missionaries on our staff. We sent them down to Ground Zero. And, of course, cell phones weren't working, so we had to wait most of the day for them to get back. And they came back, and they had tried to volunteer at NYU Hospital they came back and said, we're just not needed. I said, are you kidding? And he just looked at me, one of the brothers, and he said, Mitch, there's no survivors. Right. We're speaking with Dr. Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. One of the things that I remember just watching it on the West Coast that haunts me is, do you remember the sound of the beepers that were going off? And I believe those were related to the fire department, right? They were like beacons or something. And they kept, do you remember that, doctor, at all? Um, a little bit. Yeah, because you were bit. closer to it, so you were seeing different things. Obviously, you're right there. But right. I remember there were there were these beepers going off. It beep, 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 beep. All kinds of beepers. And I I think later I'd heard that they were something related to some kind of locator devices for the firefighters. And I, I just remember you know watching the the paper fluttering to the ground, and everybody was covered in ash. And you know we're just sitting there looking at this and saying, oh my gosh! And here you are in the middle of it. No cell phones. You can't get out of town. It's hard to know if relatives and friends are stranded or killed my youngest daughter uh we lived in brooklyn and my youngest daughter went to school in manhattan and she was underground going right past the world trade center wow. underground during that time period then the kids were locked down at the school and i didn't know if my daughter was dead or alive for most of the day <sighs> Now, it so happens that actually one of the subway stations 
was crushed, but it wasn't the one that she was under. And wow. it was just reopened just a few I, I, within the last year. And it took 20 years to rebuild. And so, you know, eventually my kids called me and they said, how are we going to get home? And I said, I have no idea. Just walk to the office, which was about 40 blocks. Wow. And they came and they walked to the office. And, of course, they were, they were so upset because some of their friends' parents worked at the World Trade Center and so on. Um, everything stopped in its tracks uh, from the next day. Uh, because there was no food left on the shelves in New York City, no bread, no peanut butter, nothing. And because everybody thought that we were going to be under siege, and so they raided the stores. And so we we knew that there were not going to be survivors we could care about, but they were first responders, so the police, the firemen, the doctors. And, and so what we did is we went out to New Jersey, where you could go to box stores, and we filled up vans, and we brought it back, and we... We started distributing food and socks and sweatpants and sweatshirts because everybody was getting wet because of all the hoses. And, and there was so much dust, my gosh. Yeah. And, and so we began ministering to those folks. And then eventually uh, it was clear that the surviving families were gathering at Union Square and some other places in the city. And uh, we went there, and we just began praying with people. And then we, we worked with the... Uh, a lot of the ministries really like Crew and uh, Times Square Church and all sorts of other ministries. We all banded together, and uh, we, there were prayer tables uh, down at Ground Zero. Heidi, the thing I remember the most, actually, and of course it's still very fresh in my memory, but the thing I remember the most about Ground Zero, besides all the dust and everything else, and I can't tell you about the smell, but I'm not even going to talk about that, but... The thing I remember the most was the silence at Ground Zero. Mm -hmm. It was like immediately transformed into sacred space and holy ground. Nobody raised their voice. Even when you prayed with people, you prayed quietly. And, of course, a lot of people were weeping. And the opportunities to talk about the love of God, to talk about a relationship with Jesus among Jews and Gentiles during those few months, were extraordinary, and even during COVID-19, where we've had some great opportunities, nothing really compares to the open-heartedness of people after 9-11, because they were in such pain and feeling so vulnerable. It's so interesting. We're speaking with Dr. Mitch Glazer, who's the president of Chosen People Ministries. So true, doctor. We came together as a nation for a while. We did. And now it seems as if this nation is being torn apart by vaccines. And I'm not trying to drag you into a political discussion about that. But it seems as if, you know, the the togetherness that we felt at that moment seems to have gone away a little bit, a lot. We're speaking with Dr. Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. Dr. Glazer, talk to me a little bit about how things changed spiritually. I mean, here you are, Chosen People Ministries. You're a Messianic Jew. I know that that's viewed with suspicion by many in the Jewish community. Why is it that you believe in the Messiah? You're aware of the the, uh, opposition. But talk a little bit about how you worked hard to bring religions together after 9-11, because there were people who maybe never thought of Muslims as being the enemy, and suddenly they started to view them that way, which is not, of course, fair. Well, talk a little bit about the work that's been done, the work that had to be done at that time and is ongoing in that regard. Well, obviously, Heidi, it was very complex because there were opposites smashing into each other all during this, this instance. Uh, so as a believer in Jesus, 
I don't, you know, the ground's level at the foot of the cross. Jews need Jesus. Gentiles need Jesus. Arabs, Muslims need Jesus. Israeli Jews need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. And, you know, you're not going to, you don't have, we, we want to, for example, we want the Christians to love Israel, to love the Jewish people. Because even though we're not perfect, which I know that, I'm Jewish, I know I'm not, but even though we're not perfect, um, you're going to reach people who you love and care about. And it's going to be more difficult to reach people that you hate. And so cultivating love for people is really important for evangelism. And so it was interesting because most evangelicals, most uh, certainly most New Yorkers, knew nothing about the Middle East. Uh, they may have gone on a tour of Israel, and that's about it. And so we now had the Middle East come to us, and everybody was, was including me, was so angry at what they did. We blamed it on all Muslims, and we blamed it on all Arabs. And we had to, in a sense, we almost had to go through that to get to the other side, which was an increase in evangelism among Arabs and Muslims, and look at what God's doing in the Middle East right now. And we pray for the believers in Afghanistan because the church in Afghanistan was not what it was 20 years ago. And today, there are a lot of believers. And in Iran, there are a lot of believers. Among the Palestinians, there are a lot of believers. And so we had to we put it this way. God used 9-11 to get the attention of Christians about the Middle East, and then God is now transforming us so that we have a, a more of a heart of love. But it's also a heart of identification. Because even though we prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122, verse 6, and we cared about Israel, sometimes, honestly, Heidi was a theological or biblical or end times kind of love for Israel. It's almost like a cosmic puzzle uh, that needs to be put together, and Israel was an important piece. And I think 9-11 really humanized Israel and humanized the Jewish people. And all of a sudden we realized that the Israelis blown up in those pizza shops on Ben Yehuda Street and at disco clubs in Netanya. Those are real people. And, um, and I think it changed. It, 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 it's, never, it's never gone back to where it was. And my hope and my prayer is that we'll continue to love and want to reach Arabs and Muslims for the gospel, and that we'll want to do the same for Jewish people and for Israelis all over the globe. You know, people always ask me, so what's the real, what's going to bring peace to the Middle East? As if I'm a, as if I'm a politician <laughs> or I'm, a, I'm, I'm an expert on geopolitics, you know? I'm a seminary guy. I read the Bible. I spent, since I got saved at 19 years old, I've only I've spent my whole life telling people about Jesus. So, so, but I will tell you, and it sounds naive, but I've seen it. When Jews believe in Jesus, and when Arabs believe in Jesus, when Palestinians believe in Jesus, when Muslims believe in Jesus, you've never seen anything like it. There genuinely is shalom. There genuinely is peace. And so if you ask me what the real answer to peace in the Middle East is, I'm going to tell you it's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And when people know Jesus, there is peace. I've seen it. I danced with my, uh, am I allowed to talk about dancing on the radio? So I danced with my Palestinian brothers and sisters. Uh, we prayed together, we sang together, we worshiped together, and that still happens all the time in Israel. 
because Jesus makes that big of a difference. Right. Well, Jesus is, it's all about peace and bringing people together when it comes to Jesus. And, you know, there's, and as the Bible says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. I mean, we're all one. That's the whole point. And the racism is gone and, and, you know, class, class information, you know, the, the, this focus on class and anything else is all gone under Christ. Sure is. But unity takes some work. No question about that. Now, you've got a great event planned September 10th and 11th with a lot of great speakers, including Joel Rosenberg, best-selling author, who I expect to speak to here in a week or so about his latest book, and Anne Graham. Lots, of course, Billy Graham's daughter and some other great people. Folks can go to chosenministries.com for information. They can watch it live uh, for free, or they can go in person to see it anyway. The information's up at chosenministries.com. Dr. Glazier, it has been a privilege talking to you. Thanks so much for what you're doing, and please continue to do it in good health. Reaching out across the aisles, religiously, politically, all different ways, has been so important throughout history. Certainly 20 years ago, it was very important, and it's continuing to be important. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can catch me live Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. That's 5 to 7 Pacific if you're still in Vegas. And you can make the adjustment to wherever you might be. You can listen live online. There's a link right there at the top of the page of the HeidiHarris.com website. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.